It is another Locked On NFL Thursday. I am one of your hosts, Tyler Rowland, here with my co-host, Alex Clancy. The big news of the day, Debo Samuel requests a trade out of San Francisco. What does this mean for the 49ers? What does it mean for Debo Samuel going forward? Where will he land? We'll talk about some of the favorites and some of the great options. And is this bad for the sport, all of these wide receivers? forcing their hand. We'll discuss that and much more on a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Let's roll. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Football fans, it is a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Debo Samuel has officially requested a trade out of San Francisco. Where will he end up? What is his beef with the 49ers? We'll discuss all of that. And is his trade request and all this wide receiver movement bad for the NFL as a sport? Got a feeling Alex has a a good opinion on the topic. But before we get into all of the Debo Samuel news, do want to thank you guys for making making the Locked On NFL podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you subscribe on all platforms, including the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Going to be going Monday through Friday. All of the Locked On experts trading off days, giving you the best NFL coverage you're going to get, especially with the draft ahead. So much going on. But The big news, Debo Samuel requests a trade out of San Francisco. Jeff Darlington was actually the first to report. He said, breaking news, spoke to wide receiver Debo Samuel. He has told me that he has asked the 49ers to trade him. Uh, Ian Rappaport from NFL Network said that money is not the root of the issue for Debo Samuel. Otherwise, uh, things could be fixed with a big money offer, but there are other issues with how he's been treated, and namely, His role, it looks like Debo Samuel doesn't want to carry the ball as much, doesn't want to play as a running back. He wants to be a true wide receiver for a multitude of different reasons. I guess, Alex, what was your first takeaway when you heard the news? I'm not surprised at anything anymore. You know, that's all. You know, and and I don't say that tongue-in-cheek whatsoever. I'm legitimately not surprised at anything anymore when it comes to the NFL. It's like, oh, here's the next one, and – the thing is, like, and we're going to talk about this later in the segment. We've got our, you know, um, our surprise segment in the third in the third segment that Tyler doesn't know about, but it's going to tie into this as well. Like, when does this stop? That's the first thing that I thought. Like, is this the beginning? Are rookies requesting out, rookie scout contract guys requesting out and being granted it? Debo Sam is obviously a different case. You see the futility, I guess, at the quarterback position, even though I'm assuming 10 or 12 teams would trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. They would take Jimmy Garoppolo over. I think he's kind of the scapegoat of this because of the Emmanuel Sanders pass and their drive in Green Bay. Like, you know, in their drive against the Rams, I mean. Um, Debo Samuel is not a good fit for that offense. And he's not a running back. He's an absolute bludgeoning force at the wide receiver position. He's like a linebacker. And I think that he should go where he can bear fruits of the 80, 80% wide receiver, maybe 20% running back, something like that, with a genius offensive mind that isn't you know, predicated solely on the run first, as Kyle Shanahan is. 
Yeah, so basically a, a, an offensive coordinator or a head coach who's a little more pass-forward yeah. than Shanahan who likes to build his attack on the run. I get that. One thing for me, though, he's probably looking at about $25 million a year, yeah. 60 to $65 million. So you got to think about the contract there. But speaking of the contract, the contract money is built on the value that he established last year because he only played seven games in 2020. So last year he broke out all pro, was probably one of the top five players in the NFL last year. And that value and that you know jump in his play came because of the versatility that he'd ex- he displayed as a guy who can run the ball and catch the ball. So I understand that Debo Samuel doesn't want to be a running back. He doesn't want to take a bunch of carries, and that'll obviously, as we view running backs now, know that that'll shorten his career. He wants to be a full-time wide receiver and not take that you know the brunt of that punishment as a ball carrier. But it's kind of a, a double-edged sword here, in my opinion, because the reason he's going to get the money he's going to get is because of the versatility he displayed. So if you don't want to be that versatile weapon, you want to be a, a you know a one-trick pony in a sense and just play wide receiver, well, now doesn't that take his value down? Therefore, I don't want to pay you the $25 million that you're worth based on last year because you're not wanting to do the things that you did last year anymore. Pause. Pause. That's exactly why he wants out now, in my opinion. Like He's like, you know what? If this happens again, they're going to try and pay me as a running back. And that's right. not something that is conducive to what his skill set is traditionally. Like You looked at what happened with Travis Kelsey. He kind of set the stage. It's not exactly the same because they're both receiving positions, but he's a wide receiver. You know, George Kittle is more of a traditional tight end, even though he's exemplary on the offensive skill set side, but he's a great WWE blocker as well. So he's more of a traditional tight end. I think that's right. I mean, that is what you just said is I wanted to pause you and acknowledge that what you said may be the pure catalyst from his inner circle. Like, hey, man, if this goes the same way, you're going to get more carries next year. And it's going to be that weird scenario of wide receiver, running back. Absolutely. Well, you have to wonder if he went to the 49ers and said, hey, I don't want to run the ball out of the backfield anymore. It's a perception thing. It's a wear and tear thing. It's a value thing. And they were like, you know, we got to do what's best for the team. And you're excellent in that role and 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 having those responsibilities. So we don't think that we should deviate from that very much. And he was like, well, I don't want to do that. And maybe yeah. the, like, like Rappaport reported, you know, maybe it really is more about role than money because it's pretty locked in that DK, McLaurin, AJ Brown, Debo, same, they're all going to get about 24 to $25 million with about 60 guaranteed. So uh, 60 to 70 in there. So, you know, the money probably isn't a big issue. It probably is, you know, obviously the role as the root of the cause. And I kind of get where Debo Samuel is coming from, from that point. But this conversation takes the next turn. When we look at where Debo Samuel could actually play, Next year, we're going to go over some of the most recent odds and look at the gambling side of things and talk about which fit we think may be best. Before we get into that, though, do want to tell you guys about BlueNile.com. Look, Mother's Day is right around the corner, folks. And if you want to give the special lady in your life, whether that be your mother, a stepmother, your wife, the mother of your children, if you want to get them something that will make an impact not only in an everyday elegance, 
type of fashion, but also it'll be a statement piece that they can wear as well. Make sure you go to BlueNile.com right now, the best place to shop for all your fine jewelry needs. Again, Mother's Day right around the corner. You want to make the right impression and you want to show the person in your life, the woman in your life, again, whether it be your mother, your aunt, your wife, your sister, you know, you want to show them how much you care. Make sure that you go to BlueNile.com right now. And I got a special deal for you guys as well. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever. Find jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on listeners get $50 off 500. It's a podcast exclusive that is only good through Mother's Day. Use promo code Locked On. That's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured. It ships free and it arrives in discreet packaging packaging so you're not going to give the secret away shop stress-free and find your forever peace go to bluenile.com today second segment locked on nfl thursday he is tyler roland of locked on titans follow him on twitter at tic tac titans Listen to him daily, giving you all the insight you need around the Tennessee Titans organization and how much he loves uh, Chris Ballard, GM of the Indianapolis Colts. Alex Clancy, follow me on Twitter, Clancy's Corner. Um, locked on Cardinals here every day. Kyler Murray, that's pretty much what we're talking about. Um, Debo Samuel kind of threw people for a loop a little bit here. Remember there was that weird tie to the Jets a couple weeks ago, like Always. the Jets were? And it's like, yeah, Always we've heard this Jets. a thousand times. Ain't no way that's yeah. going to happen. Well, now kind of things are kind of starting to come to fruition here. And uh, Debo Samuel may be on the move. So Tyler's going to pull up a list, thanks to our friends at betonline.ag, of potential landing spots for Debo Samuel, not Super Bowl odds. Are we, are we doing Super Bowl odds? Yes, it's time. Okay, here we there go. There we go. Debo Samuel. Yeah. So for Debo Samuel... These are the so for those that are, are not watching on YouTube that are listening, um, free and available on our platforms. Uh, Colts are the leader in the clubhouse at four and a half to one to land Debo Samuel. Does it make sense? Doesn't make sense. The Chiefs are five to one, Jets five to one, Saints five to one, Packers six to one, Eagles eight to one, Ravens ten to one, Falcons, Lions, Steelers twelve to one, and on and on down the list sixteen to one or higher. Browns, Patriots, Broncos, Cardinals, Texans, Bucks. I'm going to take this one because I want to. Okay. I want the Chiefs to give a thousand picks for Debo Samuel. I don't <laughs> right. care. Like, imagine Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Debo Samuel. I don't care. I don't care where they put him. Line him up at tight end. It doesn't matter. Like, they brought in Marcos Valdez Gambling. So they've already added money to the wide receiver room after giving up Tyreek Hill. He's, he's an upgrade, you'd think, from Demarcus Robinson. Okay. Now, if you can bring in a guy like Debo Samuel as an ATH from the you know early 2000 NCAA football video game, yes. ATH, when you're recruiting, he is an ATH. He is positionless, but he's going to be played like a wide receiver. Imagine using him when they do the dipsy doodles in the backfield. Like he's a guy that you can use in multiple facets. Is it too obvious to say that the Chiefs should be the front runners at this point? Um, I don't, I don't think so because the question becomes for me, if you didn't want to pay Tyree kill 28 million, you want to pay Debo Samuel 25 million a year. I just don't see why the, why the chiefs now that I'm not saying that they won't do it. They very well may do that, but I, I just, I guess m what I'm really saying is I would rather pay Tyree kill $28 million than pay Debo Samuel mm. $25 million a year mm. because 
at the end of the day, Debo Samuel has been banged up. And I know Tyreek Hill works perfectly with Patrick Mahomes. I don't know what I'm going to get out of Debo. And again, back to what I was saying in segment one, <laughs> he's a guy who says he don't, he doesn't want to run the ball anymore and things like that. So the creativity that you're talking about, I would love to see it. But how much is he going to buy in if he doesn't want to do that? I mean, it's a very interesting conversation. Uh, I think the Chiefs would be a great fit, but it's all about, you know, why give up Tyreek Hill to go to Debo? The one that stands out to me is the front runner in the Colts. You know, yeah. plus 450. The Colts don't have a first-round pick this year, okay? The Colts need a long-time quarterback. So if you're giving up pick 42 and a way to get Debo Samuel and you want to get a young quarterback to start to develop at some point, maybe not even this year, next year, the only thing that they could do is give up a a first-round pick in the next two drafts, 23 and 24, which would impact their ability to get a long-term quarterback to sit behind Matt Ryan or even take over for Matt Ryan if things don't go well. And they don't have a pick in this draft until 42, so they don't have a first-round pick this year. And at 42, they need a left tackle. They need another wide receiver. They need maybe a young quarterback to groom behind Matt Ryan right now. They need things to get right now. So I just don't see how the Colts could potentially have the assets to do it. For me, the obvious team, and just to pull up their odds here, they're the second-best odds tied with the Mm -hmm. Chiefs. It's the Jets. It's the Jets. They were desperate for Tyreek Hill. Robert Sala has the San Francisco connection, so he's going to understand the mindset and the type of guy Samuel is. The Jets are going to say, we're going to do whatever you want. Mike McDaniel had him in, uh, or not Mike McDaniel, but um, Matt, Matt, Mike LaFleur, Mike LaFleur, the mm-hmm. offense coordinator, worked with Debo Samuel in San Francisco. They know him. They know how he wants to be used, how he doesn't want to be used, and they got a rookie quarterback to give him a dump truck of money that he wants. And they have the assets. They have pick 10. They have pick 4. I believe that they have two picks in the 30s, 34 and 38, somewhere in there. Not 34 and 38, but close to there. The Jets have the ammo to do it. They have the, the money to do it. And they have the connection to do it. So I don't. I love the Jets' value right now. If you're a gambling man, you want to put money on that? Because I don't see how in the world you could turn down those odds. How are the Jets not the favorite? And how are the Colts the favorite? Considering everything that was just laid out here, let, let me let me ask you a question before we move on to the mystery segment, segment three, locked on NFL Thursday. Tyler Rollins, yes, Clancy, yes, locked I'm on excited. NFL Thursday. Um, you think Debo is going to be happy in New York if he's not happy in San Francisco? Like, I feel like this is managing ego as and fit as much as managing return package because I know that Debo doesn't have a no trade clause because he's on a rookie scale contract. Okay, I know these things. And I also know that never in the history of never have players on their rookie scale contract requested trades like we've seen now. So Debo Samuel could sit his talented keister on the couch and say, nope, I'm not going to play for the Jets. Are you kidding me? Like, are are, are you serious? Like, why, if he's going, like, he's not happy in San Francisco. Maybe it's because he doesn't want to run the ball. Okay, maybe that's yeah. it. Or, Maybe he doesn't want Jimmy Garoppolo to be under-throwing him as he runs down the field. Zach Wilson, that's not going to be an issue, but there's a completely different learning curve in a perennially losing organization with the stability of San Francisco that you're leaving behind. So that's kind of why I'm leaving this. Now, we could talk about this back and forth forever. There's a lot of conjecture, a lot of projection. We don't know anything more than what we've discussed already. Now, let me ask you this. And I've I've hinted at this a little bit, and we're going to talk about this more in the third segment. Spoiler alert. Is this bad for the league? And and let me let me qualify before like this isn't a no fun league. Me 
shaking my fist. Oh, players shouldn't have this much power. That's not what I'm asking. What I'm asking is, are players getting leverage over organizations more than they should earlier than they should because of their standout? And Debo, he's played what? A, a season and a half worth of games? You know, he's an interesting case. So right. is this starting to, like taking a little chisel and a little and a little nail starting to slowly ice age crack the foundation of the NFL, one player wanting out at a time and getting it. Well, that is quite the question. And I think that, I think that just as a, as a little bit of a teaser here, I actually, I think I'm going to side with it's good for the league. And of course, and I can't wait for both of us to dive into uh, why we see it the way that we see it here in just a moment uh, before we tell you guys about uh, one of today's sponsors, Bet Online. Yeah, BetOnline.ag. Um, we saw the the odds. They've got odds for everything. They've got odds for if your favorite team is going to w- make the playoffs. Uh, the Cardinals are minus one thirty to make it, even money to not. I'm not sure what the Titans are at this point, but BetOnline.net has everything you need. Uh, it's your number one source for all your all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. <laughs> your first listen each and every day free and available on all platforms he's tyler rowling he's my buddy once a week man we just start to get to yapping and you know before you know it it's 30 minutes and uh we're five minutes over where we should be um please make sure like there's some great stuff coming out on the locked on podcast Tell them the draft so, events are here yeah, yeah so starting thursday through the draft you're gonna get thursday the 28th through the draft you're going to get live coverage from us on the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube page. Mm-hmm. You're going to get interviews with the hosts of all the different teams after all the picks. And then if you don't want to wait, we're doing something with the Odyssey app. And um, right. and and Peacock and Williamson are hosting a uh, Locked On's NFL mock draft that is from the 18th through the 22nd. And then on the 25th, uh, you can find that on the Odyssey and Locked On NFL podcast feeds and again the locked on nfl draft live show you can find on the locked on nfl draft youtube page so we've been talking a lot of Debo samuel but it's more of like a a microcosm of where we are sure, here now the philosophical stuff. part yeah yeah because you know is it bad for the league and i in a qualifying again is are players getting leveraged too soon for what they've actually accomplished in the league without making it through the rookie scale contract already. So I'm going to let Tyler answer that. I'm going to answer. And then the mystery part of the third segment, Tyler doesn't know about. We're going to be revisiting a question I asked a few weeks ago that is even more potent and pertinent right now. So Tyler, is this player empowerment, get me the hell out of here, whether it be rookie scale or stars that want out of their current situation, good, bad, or neither for the league? Okay, well... I think I I like the setup for the mystery later. Uh, we can have a parade for you, uh, you. which is deserved. But uh, <laughs> for this question, so I get from a team perspective that 
this puts teams in bad positions to where they either have to overpay or bend over backwards internally uh, to keep certain guys around who, like Debo Samuel, hasn't, you know, he's been in the league three years. One of the years he only played seven games. So, like, it's probably ultimately worse for teams staying, making the right moves. This is going to make teams make worse decisions because they're kind of forced into it because of the power that's been given to the players to force their hand, essentially. But I think it's good for the league. This is NBA-like. This is superstar. This is requesting a trade. This is player movement. I think that because of the social media age, and the way that the games are discussed and talked about in the league is a 24-7, 12-month engagement required type of business that at the end of the day, the NFL is about entertainment, entertaining the fans. That It's a TV show. It's a men's drama week to week. It's our as the world turns, you know? And look at this Debo Samuel talk. Look at the A.J. Brown talk. Look at what the Tyreek Hill trade and the Devontae Adams trade did. Like, it's good for the sport because it makes people more interested. It's more entertaining. It's more newsworthy. It caps. We are a microwave generation now. People aren't sitting down to read long-form articles. They want to tweet with breaking news, and that gets them going. So I actually think in a, in a big world sense, this is better for the NFL because it's more entertaining to have players do crazy stuff like this. It's more drama. And at the end of the day, if everyone's honest with themselves, human beings love drama. So this is better or good for the NFL from an entertainment perspective, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you like, here's the thing. This is a first world problem for people to cover the NFL, as you mentioned. Yes. That's, that's what this is. There is no wrong answer. And this is back pay. For a lot of times, the, uh, the NFL players, there was no, you know, concussion testing. There was CTE. There was, you they know, no overuse power. of, you know, just, you know, pain pills and all this stuff. Like It was a yes. terror to play in the NFL for decades and decades and decades. And, you know, quarterbacks would be stars. There were some DBs and, you know, LT would, be, you know, whatever. Like now, this is the NFL reaping what it sowed for so long. You know, like this should have, and you know, I wasn't always on board for this. I'm like, you know what? You're an employee. You get a paycheck. You get paid handsomely to do what you do. And I don't know if it's bad. I don't know. I'm going to say TBD. I rarely push. I'm going to push because it's fun for us, but for the actual infrastructure of the NFL as an entity, it's like, why even have contracts? Like do one year deals and have everybody go where they want. Like it, it's the weirdest thing. What's going to happen with the draft? Now I'm going to pivot to the special part. We got four minutes left, Tyler. We've talked about this before way, way early. Now that all this stuff has happened over the last six weeks, what's going to happen when we find ourselves in a world where rookie scale contracts cease to exist, where you can like, is that first of all, is that an end game of what we're experiencing? Number one, and number two, if that were the case, it's like, you know what? Pay what you want to who you want. There's no structure. If you put if you get yourself in a bad deal, tough buttons, McBooboo, you're 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 stuck with a player that's Denzel Mims or John Ross and not Debo Samuel. But like the other side of that, the other side of that, because the NFL are evil geniuses, 
they could very well put in contracts, the rookie scale contracts, not traded, not tradable until end of rookie scale contract. You are not able to be yeah. traded, which I feel like the latter would happen a lot sooner than the former, even if they may tweak how much rookies can make in their first three or four years. Okay, so as I said when we discussed this originally, and you're right, the conversation is even more prevalent now as as normal with your uh, – you know, the the psychological segment of the show, you are ahead of the curve with the, the thought process. I thought you were going to bring up, uh, you know, the trend with trading wide receivers and getting wide receivers earlier in the draft because uh, I think that you were right on about that point as well. But as I said back then, I think there is a world, as crazy as it sounds, where you're right. Ten years from now, there are, you know, no the rookies get to pick where they go in a sense. I think it could be, I have two different things that I want to lay down right now that I think are both kind of big brain. But like I said, then I think with NIL deals, a player could potentially make more in college by staying a year in college than he does on a rookie scale contract. Uh, like AJ Brown right now, I think he's making like, he's going to make like five or 6 million or something like that. Or some of these first round picks get around, you know, five, six million, seven million dollars they're going to be $10 million a season NIL deals eventually for guys to play wow. in certain places. So when you think about that, and then you think that trend that you're pointing out, guys are getting younger and younger and younger when they feel they have the power to do things like this. Debo Samuel has been in the league for three years, almost essentially two years, basically two seasons of games. So I think there's a world where because of NIL, and because of the players just realizing the power that they have is the talents that they are, that there could be a world where, you know, players don't have to go somewhere based on the draft. But let me throw this out. What if the draft was amended to be slightly auction styled? Like instead of having a lottery system, you got like, like you could offer, let's say you get $14 million of free money for the first round pick for or $30 million of free money for the first overall pick. If you're the worst team in the NFL, like Jacksonville, they could offer a contract to whatever player they want, but they get a $30 million like bonus that doesn't hit on your cap. So if they picked Aiden Hutchinson and they went to Hutch Hutchinson and said, we're going to give you $40 million for year one, the NFL would say because you were the worst team in the NFL, you get $30 million off the cap hit on that $40 million. So really, Hutchinson has $10 million. Now, Hutchinson can say, no, I'm going to take $20 million from the, the Jets or whatever and go to a different team that's offering them maybe a little bit less. But it could be like almost like a built-in lottery system where like the Jags get the most savings and, you know, that – that's how teams reward you for your ineptitude is by giving you money off the first year cap hit on your bid on a player. If it was auction style. Yeah. I mean, there's like the, like, first of all, yes. I mean, I think like, again, if you would have told me what's happening in the NFL now, 10 years ago, I'd say you're insane. Are you playing on Mars? Like everything is constantly evolving. Everything is constantly evolving and mm -hmm. like, look at what they did. Overtime changed during the playoffs. Done. Changed. Right. We thought that Quickly. was never going to happen. You know, like the draft is looked at. So like, and I know we're going long. I don't care. This is really fun to talk about. No, so like, um, you know, when you have a player on your team, like Derrick Henry, let's say for the Titans. Okay. It's like, mm -hmm. you know what? You don't have to worry about him. You forget about him when you talk about scheme and game plan because he is consistent as gravity. 
You talk about, you know, uh, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and just superstars of guys that's like, you know what? They're a constant at this point, you know, barring any sort of injury. That's what the draft has been. We don't even talk about it. Because it's like, well, that'll never change. Why not? Up until 10 years ago, you were able to play your first round pick, whatever you wanted, the first overall pick, whatever you wanted, which is insane. And then they changed it. They overcorrected. And now they've got to find a middle ground where the goal is to not leverage so much your young talent that you're paying them pennies of what they're worth if they're standout through the first couple of years. Now, if this is purely incentive-based, I could be on board for that. It's like, hey, if you have a thousand yard receiving seasons, the first two seasons, you get an extra $10 million in your third escalator. year. Escalator. An escalator. Yeah. 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 Like, like things that are achievable if you hit, hit Pro Bowl level. If you're a Pro mm-hmm. Bowl your rookie year, $10 million bonus. Like, there's so many different maneuverables in a in an NFL contract. It's like mm-hmm. the sky's the limit. So, like right now, it's a fun time to be on the planet Earth watching the NFL. Cause right. it's like a it's like a big um raw lump of dough. We don't know what's gonna get baked out of it yet, especially with all these players demanding traits. Like the fact that Tyreek Hill's on a different team right now, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's completely unexpected. And I think on your point there, I think that like given escalators and contracts, if you got all pro or if you get pro bowl or you hit a certain statistical incentives and things like that, that would be a half measure, a half measure or half step towards the world that you were crafting earlier, where there is no legitimate draft and guys can, you know, negotiate their contracts straight out of college. That's like the steps on the way towards that sort of thing. You know what I mean? And that may be the way it kind of progresses out. And I hope that the technology also progresses to the point where me and you 40 years from now can have our heads in a glass jar, you know, preserved and we can have this conversation on camera and talk about how crazy things are 40, 50, 80 years down the road. Because I think these things are eventually going to happen in some way as guys get more power and more control at an even younger age and the social media generation that we live in, things move quickly now more than ever, like you mentioned with the overtime rules. So this will progress. It will evolve. We may be 40, 50, 80 years ahead of our time, but uh, hopefully we're able to discuss it whenever it takes place as well. But that is a monster edition of Locked on NFL Thursdays. I think this may be one of the best episodes in uh, Locked on NFL history. Great job today, Alex. Great job, myself. We'll give ourselves pats on the back uh, after we go off air. But uh, thank you guys all so much for tuning in. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. And it's just a great time to be a fan of the Locked On Podcast Network right now with all the draft content and all the events that we're doing. So make sure you stay subscribed. Get subscribed on whatever platform you do. Stream free and available everywhere. That's going to do it for me and Alex, though. Have a great rest of your day.